Simon from News on the White, and we are at Boojum and Snart in Sandown, and we're with... Julian Wadsworth from Community Action Harley White. It seems appropriate we're in Sandown, because there's something interesting coming up soon, isn't there? Yes, there is, Simon. We're, um, we're running our first uh, celebration event for young people that have been part of Community Actions Bay Youth Programme. Uh, we've been operating for about 18 months now. Uh, engaging young people for a range of free activities, uh, primarily 10 to 18 year olds that live or educated in the Sandown Lake and Shanklin area and uh, a lot of young people have been involved in a a lot of both uh, formal accreditation certification but also volunteering programs and social action projects so we just wanted to put something together at the end of the year uh, to celebrate all those young people that have been involved and and received an awards uh, or got involved in volunteering and bring them together with parent carers, uh, friends and just celebrate their achievements uh, and so they can also showcase some of the skills they've learned, talk about their experiences and uh, sort of end the year on a positive note. Well that all sounds great, I mean there's, there's a lot to unpack there. So the, the first thing was certification you were saying. What sort of, what sort of certification is that? Yeah so being a youth work project that, that primarily offers sports and arts-based activities for young people at the request of young people. Uh, oh, that's interesting. They came to you and said, this is what we want to do. Yeah, yeah. So in, in certain elements of sports, you can then progress to become the, the first pathway on becoming a coach. So that could be basketball, tennis, boxing. Um, oh, so we've got, we've got a range of young people that have gone through uh, certification, which is equivalent to like trampoline badges or swimming badges. But in the boxing world, there's a, a, something called the GB Boxing Awards, which are similar to those sort of, and you go through different levels of stages, you're assessed, and then you get a certification. But we've also got our young leaders and young coaches, sort of age range from 14 to 20. Um, and some of those young people have moved on and gone on to activator training, which is the first ladder in terms of activator training, level one and level two qualifications to become a coach. We've also got some, uh, some of our young adults that have completed things like first aid courses, trauma-informed training um, and some some level one qualifications as well so part of it is around the sports Uh, I think we've got about seven young people that have completed arts awards at bronze level Um, so that's that's some of the certification and accreditation awards that young people have got. Wow I mean that's not only fantastic that they're getting involved with boxing which you know is often seen as a good way of adding structure to people's lives isn't it it's it's quite regimented people have got to be quite disciplined to do that, yeah, it was, but it then was, sharing that with others sounds yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was interesting. When we first started 18 months ago, um, we consulted with young people on the street, in the parks, um, on the school runs, and asked them uh, what we could only at the time had the funding for three different activities. Um, and both a lot of young women and young men asked for um, boxing, self-defence, that type of um, activity. In- interestingly, the young women asked for female-only sessions with female coaches. Right. So for the last 18 months, that's what we've delivered. So mm. it's, it's quite a, it's quite a, an interest in it. We originally delivered it at the Heights, uh, uh, and then we've moved to TJ's gym uh, in Lake, um, and it's really oh, busy. Oh, yeah, I know the one on the hill. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. so, so we have four sessions minimal a week, um, junior boys, junior girls, senior boys, senior girls, and we also run targeted sessions in Shanklin as well. So this summer we run a summer programme at the Shanklin Fire Station, as, a, as an example, right. just to put a little bit of um, activity on in the Shanklin area. Mm. So it's really, it's probably one of our most popular activities. And is that the, the re- did they say the reason they wanted to learn the self-defence side? Um, I think fitness and confidence. I think some of them wanted to 
get maybe lacked. Maybe there have been some um, incidents where they felt that they were being bullied. And, and even though our program is non-contact, I think it just gives that self-discipline uh-huh. and that self-confidence. That right. Actually, you know, someone's you've got the confidence to just walk away. Yeah. Um, but it also gives it also increases your physical awareness. In, in fact, the course in, in when they move on to the second level, um, particularly there is some, there is some interest in in the first level. But they actually learn about physiology, diet, and nutrition. So oh, wow. it's not just it's not just technical bo- boxing skills. It, mm. It's it's a, an holistic uh, health and well-being program that's part of the accreditation. Wow. What an amazing start. I mean, who basically... I don't know anything about food. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, you just sort of... I, when I was that age, just sort of stuff, stuff in my face, really. But to be able to learn that what is good for your body is to be amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's part of the programme. And we try and embed that well-being, whether it's physical health, mental health, emotional well-being. Uh, we try and embed that into a, a lot of our activities, what mm. we do, regardless if it's sport or art or other type of activities. Mm. So that I mean, that's the boxing stuff. That sounds very positive. You did mention uh, first aid. That's what yeah, I was thinking yeah. of. So yeah, yeah. No, it's just you know if we're if we're developing young coaches for the future, young youth workers for the future, you know they've got to have a range of qualifications to support that. First aid is one. Obviously, safeguarding. Oh, I see. That's the sort of base level knowledge you yeah, need to have. You know. Okay. For a, and and some of the qualifications that you do sort of around the level one course. You've got to have first aid and safeguarding to go alongside it. So, gotcha. if we're looking for 16-year-olds at the moment that are, you know, maybe looking for a future career path in, in community work, whether it's in sport, whether it's youth work, or whether it's in the arts environment, we're trying to develop their skills and their and their training so they've got a much better chance of being employed. Mm. Hopefully, we can retain some of these young people on the island, not just only with us, but maybe the other youth providers or mm. the other sports clubs. But ultimately, we're trying to get young people career pathways. So, yeah, we, we just started on that road. Mm. So there's not big numbers that have gone to that level one qualification, but that's the pathway that we're developing mm. over the next two to three years. So I sort of steered us down the qualification side. Which are, you, you mentioned a number of other bits. What were the other ones that were? Yeah. So in terms of um, one of our ethos, right from the very start, is 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 to make sure that young people and and, and that get a voice in the local community and they can influence the decisions being made about them both locally and on the island. Um, so we're really, really, we've always been really passionate and determined to to enable young people and empower young people to have a voice. And the way we do that is by making sure that we that the young people who have a voice fairly represent the local community. So obviously we want to encourage young people that would not normally gravitate towards having a voice, whether that's in education or youth councils or youth parliaments. So through our detached work and through our activities we build we build trust and relationships and then we try and give them the confidence to, to form their own ideas, their own thoughts and to be able to voice their opinions and what, what the needs of young people are. So we, we, we start when we started the programme, quite quickly, within three months, we launched our first youth forum. It was a senior youth forum, so it was from the ages 13 plus. We've now got a junior youth forum as well. Um, and the youth forums have met consistently every two weeks or even weekly for some periods throughout the last 18 months. And they've been involved in a range of projects. Probably the most notable is, is the filmmaking project, Do Something Different, mm-hmm. uh, which was um, 
a really amazing five five months piece of work with, with young people really really dedicated. I remember seeing that at the library. Yeah, so yeah. that's just been one part. Um, but we've had other little projects as well. We recently had two young women that uh, was on the panel to interview the new director of children's services and education for the Isle of Wight. Um, well, uh, as in the selection panel. Yeah, for the selection wow. panel. So it's incredible. Uh, you know, and how did uh, you get that agreed? Well, it was well, it was agreed with children's services that they wanted young people. Um, wow. And and I, the way I operate is I I requested that the young people after the applicant, the successful applicant is employed, that six months after they've been embedded in, in their role, that the young women can go back and re-ask the questions that right. they asked in that initial interview. Right. And then we can, we can sort of scrutinise the progress made in wow. terms of the answers. So it's, you know, the, the way we work around youth voice is that we, we don't want it to be tokenistic. We don't want to do it just because it's a tick box. Right. We want to make sure that it, it's a fairly representative group so it's, it's not, you know, the confident children, the young people that are already part of established uh, youth commissions and youth councils they also get the chance to have a voice in their local community but we also want to get those young people that face challenges and vulnerabilities in their lives so if they're not in education because of difficulties or they maybe have been involved in some issues that have brought them to the attention of the police um, maybe there's there's some some profound uh, needs around their learning and confidence levels and things like that we, we try and support those young people to be part of any sort of youth forums or, 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 or influencing groups as well because we think it's vital that a, a, a variety of young people have a voice so it fairly represents the local community yeah I mean but it is hard work that is is a particularly hard piece of work but we've been pretty successful in the 18 months that we've been delivering the program how do you I guess one identify those people that might want to be involved and then secondarily persuade them to be actively involved I think it's you know it's, it's the multi-tiered approach that we've got to our programming is detached youth work so two, two youth what does work, that mean detached so detached youth workers is two youth workers operating in, in the community where they want to deliver services um, and they will be speaking to young people where young people congregate or at places where we know there's a, some vulnerability. So um, we've been over consistently over the last 12 months, sorry, 18 months, um, you know, the high street, uh, the, the seafront at 7 o'clock at night, in, in the pier, the school run, the okay. secondary school run, uh, the sta- at the train station where there's a big group of young people mm-hmm. waiting for trains. Um, anywhere where we've been... Uh, been in, intelligence have been gathered that there's been some antisocial behaviour or youths have been involved, we will go to those places and talk to young people mm-hmm. um, about their needs, about the services that they would like, about improvements to facilities, what facilities they would like in their area um, and what challenges and what solutions they bring to the table as well. So if they identify a challenge, what do you think that adults right. could do to change it? Our youth forums have got a motto, which is uh, nothing, um, nothing about us without us, and so that's their that's, that's their good. strapline model. Nothing about us without us, and that's their motto. Yeah. And so we try to make sure that that's carried through with decision making mm. um, on the in the locality, but also you know we're trying to embed that uh, island wide as well. That affects our local young people. I mean, put like that, why would it be done any other way? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know, look, co-production. I mean, there's this cliche in, in in the sector. We talk about co-production with young people. Mm. Ultimately, you know, there has got to be adult and mm-hmm. professionals and strategy uh, decision makers involved in processes. But ultimately, we want young people to be the front and centre of that, mm-hmm. and then their voice to be heard. Mm-hmm. How do you make the initial approach? I don't know. You're saying trouble where the places maybe need some trouble, or some there's some young people there that other people that don't work in your area might think, oh, you know, there's troublesome kids. I think the idea of troublesome kids is is a manufactured thing. Yeah. But there are people that cause trouble, as that goes without saying. Their trouble that they cause is often, my judgment on this is is due to a bit of boredom, not having anything to do, and just looking for larks really yeah, how do you make that first approach for them just to be like why would I be talking to you yeah I mean it's interesting really because when I started my, my role in the Bay Area as a resilience coordinator the, 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 you know in terms of my role you know setting up a youth programme was not part of the role the, the problem was at the time when we started the role roughly about two years ago was that there was increasing youth problems in the Sandown area particularly um, there was some big headlines about youths have taken over Sandown. There was big groups. There was, you know, there was about three or four occasions when, when, when m- myself and my colleague were doing detached work and there was a big group of up to 50 young people Five that, zero. that was in, in, in conflict with other young adults or youths, in conflict with businesses and the local area. And undoubtedly there was some antisocial behaviour and vandalism going on. Uh, so the way this programme set up originally was that my role within the resilience was to try and look at a range of challenges in the local area, whether it's with the isolation of, of, of senior residents or how we, after COVID, how we get families outside and involved in physical activity um, together for free. Um, I usually, my, my role was to try and look at best practice locally, regionally and nationally, look at quality uh, collaboration locally or on the island, and then try and support bringing resources into the, into the um, arena for that solution to be found with the youth work um, there was there was there was historically for the last seven years there's been no youth work in the area the the youth club at the town all closed down about six seven years ago um, and even though I sort of put some feelers out about other organizations established organizations scaling up to the area because of capacity and and uh, and their strategy and structure there was no one able to do that so I had to make a business case internally for community action Isle of Wight to run a youth work program uh, because I just felt it was needed with the increasing issues that we saw. Um, the way that so, we. So, the, if I can pause on that, the idea of it being a business case, is it as blunt as if we don't address this now, the costs involved in trying to fix it later or deal with any damage that may occur are going to far outweigh the costs of intervention now? Yeah, and, and having a title of resilience, it, you know. It, it, you know it, I just felt it was it was absolutely a priority that if we had increasingly large groups of young people bored, involved in antisocial behaviour for a very variety of reasons, then then you know it's very difficult to to then go to community events and, and not address that. I mean, the policing was the approach at the time, you know that that and the police were very um, the very measured. And not overreacting to the issues, I think I was very the South White Policing Neighbourhood Team. I thought done a great job in terms of their approach to things, um, but there was a need when we spoke to young people on the street. It was boredom, nothing to do, 
the there was no facilities or the facilities weren't credible and accessible and so that's when we started to, to make the plan to set up a program on a very small budget um, initially we were funded from an organization called energize me which is uh, uh, the, the active partnership for hampshire uh, but they were very flexible and allowed us to do not just physical activity, they allowed us to do detached youth work and set up a youth forum. And, and from there, it then developed into a bit of a, a programme where we worked quite closely originally with Lake and Sandown Town Councils and then Shanklin as well. Um, we, we sought some funding from the police in Hampshire and Hollow White Police and Crime Commissioner because we also wanted to do some targeted work to, to, to complement the open access universal positive activities so when we talk about open access universal activities we're talking about young people um, have requested the type of activity we found a suitable community venue to do that we either deliver ourselves or we buy the services of a, of a specific coach for that type of activity whether it's arts or so whether you're talking about arts and crafts filmmaking photography music djing or you're talking about basketball cricket tennis boxing we then, if we can't deliver it ourselves, we will bring in a coach, and then we basically put that activity program on and promote it wide and far, and young people can just turn up and access that program. Obviously, consent forms, parent care and medical forms has to be completed as well, but we wanted to complement that with some targeted work, which would, would ultimately meant the police and the youth offending teams would make referrals for young people that triggered initial concerns or escalating behaviours because we knew that there was a uh, there was a need in the local area. So we complemented the two projects, and then uh, a built around that was was the youth forum and the youth voice, and the development opportunities and, right. and life experiences. So this year alone, we've taken young people to the Wimbledon Tennis Championships on a show court, which was a you know un unbelievably unique experience for them. We've taken a group to Cows Week and then went out on some Royal Navy vessels. Oh, wow. Um, so we're, we're very keen also, is, is you know, we're, we're not only just in terms of the career pathways, especially in the art sector, in terms of youth work, sport or art, but whatever they're interested in, whether it's, you know, being a barber, being a state agent, we're, we're looking, that that's, the, that's what we're looking for into 2024 mm. to build upon that, especially the 14 to 18 year olds. Um, but life experiences off the island to go and visit places, I mm. think, is also a great uh, leveller and also a great aspiration. It just raises young people's aspirations and what they can do on the island as well. Right. But in terms of actually, first and foremost, how we engage young people, it is through detached youth work. It is promoting within schools. Just in the last three weeks, I've been into three primary schools and done assemblies for year five and sixes. Uh, with the staff, we've done some demonstrations. It was really positive that we can actually now ask some of the pupils who regularly come to our yeah, program right. to come out and do demonstrations. That's the way, isn't it? And other, yeah. uh, you know, and that's the whole yeah. ploy for, for us. It's not a ploy as such. I think it's just more, much more natural to young people to gravitate towards. Well, that's other what I was people. thinking about the first time that you approach a quotes troublesome group. Yeah. They're going to be like, well, you know, don't take this the wrong way because you don't look anything like a granddad. But they'll be like, all right, granddad, you know, why are you getting involved? Yeah, with this? I mean. We, let's be, but when you do detached work, you know you've got to be fixed. As a youth worker, you've got to be thick-skinned. You've got to be professional. You've got to be able to have a sense of humour because you do get. Right. And I would They're say, be, you know, right, joshing with you. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. look. To be brutally honest, I've worked on the mainland for twenty-five years, and the the we, you know the 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 sort of engagement with young people in the Bay Area has been really positive. Even at points when we were. 
disrupting quite a violent incident, the respect for the youth workers has right. been really good. That's great. Um, they've respected when we said, you know, look, guys, you know, you, you, you can't be doing this. We've, had, you know, initially we got involved in a couple of quite that could have been quite serious of it, when we we de-escalated it in a professional and a safeguarding mm. manner. Um, but ultimately, you know. You, as a youth worker, you know, you might get a group of lads walk past you and say, oh, guys, you live locally, we're Community Action Isleway, we're youth workers, we've got a, a, a menu of different activities, and they, they might just laugh and mm. maybe say a few choice words and walk <laughs> off. But we yeah. know that, you know, within a couple of weeks' time, right. one of their cohort has already been coming to the boxing. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, right. they're like... They're, they're talking to the other ones about yeah, it. Yeah, and then they right. come up and be a bit inquisitive. And yeah, yeah. You, you know, and, and then it leads, you know, and before you know it, not only are yeah. you doing the boxing, right. they're then in front of a camera doing a uniform and interviewing right. and interviewing politicians and police officers about hmm. their needs and their challenges in the local community. Hmm. So, you know, we've got to be patient. We've got to be empathetic. Yeah. We've got to be thick-skinned. But we've got to be professional at all times. And hmm. that's, I thought, you know, that is how you do youth work. Hmm. I mean, that's interesting, that sort of slowly escalating. I guess it's, they've got to have confidence in you and see that you're not there to question them in any way. And then you're then building and building, it sounds Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you first start, it is difficult because, because, you know, the concept of what youth workers offer, the young people in our local area, because there hasn't been any youth work for seven years, it's it's a completely different concept. We We don't quite understand it. But as the brand grows and they see progression and they see some of the facilities hmm. that they requested be developed starting to come to fruition right. even if they're not there structurally there yet yeah. the fact that we've announced that you know there's there's been 3.1 million achieved for a youth club a youth space at the, t- the old town hall in Sandown and Grafton Street hmm. was something that throughout that that you know nearly all young people have requested you know the upgrade to Sandham Gardens you know new floodlights new services New new facilities there is 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 also something that's developing at the moment. We're, mm. we're not formally over the line, but we've made great progress on that one. But you know that's just within eighteen months, mm. so they can start seeing now that that even though the, the finished product is not there, they're actually involved in the design mm. of those. So in terms of the town hall, the young people are meeting with the architects and the building contractors to talk about what they would like the design to mm. be, and we've had two or three meetings now. Um, and that's going to gather momentum in 2024. So that's the that's the way of working. Um, I mean, what seems fantastic about that is them realizing at such an early age that they can, should I don't know, maybe that's pushing too far, be involved with the structure, the way their area develops because of sort of democ- democratic involvement. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that they'll carry that through the rest of their lives and realise by being involved, actually I can influence the way that things happen. Yeah, I mean, we had 16 young people involved in the Bay Pace Plan, a consultation in the community, so again, a real variety of young people, some young people not in education, some young people have been a bit risky in, the t- in terms of their behaviours, um, other young people, so they've all had an input into the, the Bay Place Plan, um, we've managed to develop a really exciting partnership with the University of Portsmouth. So we've now benefiting from a three-year PhD student that's going to support us uh, to develop young people's skills around their voice, so their knowledge, their confidence, their skills, their communication, how they write a funding bid. Um, 
and this is this is through the uh, the, the University of Portsmouth Sports uh, Health. Is that all right, then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sport, Health, Exercise and Science Department, primarily, but working with the other faculties and departments of the University of Portsmouth. And this is, you know, at the moment, Pacific to the Bay Area and our youth program. So we're working, you know, we've, we're working closely with, with, with the PhD student on this that's here three times a week. Um, so we, not only do we want to give young people a voice, we want to build their skill levels so they can actually become slightly independent right. and actually develop this, you know, um, lifelong learning, lifelong confidence, lifelong learning, really. And that's what I think we need on the island. Um, I think we need to do a lot more work on these sort of things from a, from a younger age. Mm. Well, I mean, that's, it sounds fantastic, and thanks for the detail on that. Is there anything about the programmes you've been running that we haven't touched on yet that we should talk about? Um, I think... I think probably the the call out that I've got is in terms of even though we've got a very very thriving elected home education on the island you know there's, there's I'm working at the moment currently with probably about 10 families that had pre-planned ideology about elected home education one of the reasons was just because the island's an absolutely marvelous biosphere you know the the, the, the environment the landscapes uh, it's just wonderful that the arts, the, the cultural and the heritage is, 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 is a brilliant piece. So you can understand why some, you know, some adults and some parent and carers decide to homeschool their, their children. Um, and I'm sure they're getting a really good education. But unfortunately on the island we have got some, some severe vulnerabilities and some severe uh, serious challenges going ahead. And, and, and one of the things that I'm very concerned about locally is the amount of young people that are not currently in education um, and so we need to be working more collaboratively between statutory the voluntary sector parent carers and young people themselves to try and retain them in education because once they're not in education we have risk factors in our communities and some young people might gravitate or, or in, in some elements be exploited into some of those risk-taking behaviors so right. So in terms so of that, that's not homeschooling people. That's people that well, no. are just not in education well, at you, all. You, you or, or, or they've taken their parents have said, "Oh, let's say you're homeschooled," but they then don't get homeschooled. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's a mix. It's a mixed bag of different scenarios of, of, of young people that might be, you know, their behaviour warrants that they're on part-time school timetables. It could be that they're um, in between schools for various reasons. It could be that they've for some reason an elected home education registration has been made um, but you know marketing I can't um, surmise what their mm-hmm. uh, their home education has been yeah. all I know is that we have got increasing numbers of young people that are involved in risk taking behaviours in the community and known to the police and what, what's the classification for risk taking behaviours then? Well I'd say risk taking behaviours is, is, if, is, is if they're in any way intelligence that they're involved in that social behaviour, uh, violence, weapon carrying, intelligence about substance misuse, um, possible drug dealing. Right. Um, that's what I call class shoplifting, yeah. vandalism. Right. Um, on a regular basis, that's what I call as risk taking behaviours. Underage sex. Right. Um, they're all what I call risk taking behaviours, and because that. Goes on to other things. Other things possibly, get yeah, possibly if there's people not, maybe exploit them for yeah, yeah, I mean, criminal look, reasons. Or yeah, like, like I think the islands for me. You know, I've been working on the mainland for 
23 years the last if you would have asked me seven years ago when I'm working in, in, in the um, parts of Hampshire, Portsmouth and so forth, what my biggest challenge was working with young people. My, my biggest challenge, undoubtedly at the time pre-COVID, was, was what we call county lines, criminal exploitation, youth violence and kids involved in violence, street robberies, uh, weapon carrying and so forth. The island is, is a safe haven at the moment. The There's island. no county lines here. And that's I'm getting questioning. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it would seem difficult to get over the water. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's and that's an asset. I mean, yeah. the, the the negative the negative of the Solent could be that young people, in terms of the jobs market, and, uh-huh. and don't go to see the the wider yeah. offer. Um, but in a way, but addressing ter- the county lines. Thing, in terms of in terms of yeah, in terms that. of in terms of that nasty stuff. I think it's yeah. also a protective right. barrier. So that's a positive. Yeah. However. Um, you know, it, it's not to say that there, there's no drug dealing on the island. Right, it still uh, goes on, but it's yeah. not county lines. But it's done. It's not the linked island. to to you know the county lines is basically organised crime groups mm. going out of their major cities um, and setting up business yeah. in in smaller towns or smaller cities and using um, local criminals or or what we call. Uh, younger parts of their gang to go and manage that in, right. in, 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 in those local areas and unfortunately child exploitation is, is part of the business model right. um, and they are commodities uh, and I'm not saying that that's that link is there on the island but there is undoubtedly nationally we've got a society problem at the moment mm-hmm. but nationally we've got more young people involved in uh, behaviors like that. If poverty, the, unfortunately, if the economic situation is is, is there, um, you know, and one thing I sort of, you know, and this is really sort of, um, this is really quite damning. And I don't want to say that this is happening per se everywhere, but you know, I've been quite confident in the past, in the last sort of twenty years, if I'm working with a, a, a group of young people, mostly males but females as well, if they were involved in you know basically being disengaged from education in some some format they were involved in some sort of entrepreneurial criminal behaviors whether that's selling drugs mm. involved in violence you know i could more or less sort of say you know with an intervention program working with statutory organizations as well as the voluntary you know we could get a couple of employed in in, in the youth work sport arena a couple of others would sort of indicate what their future career pathways would be, like whether it's in construction, the entrepreneur, uh, gifted young person with communication, could you know, marketing, state agent, um, on apprenticeship programs, um, and you know, you could you could look for different ways to divert them from them babies. Unfortunately, sometimes everything's chucked at young people, and 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 when we talk about trauma and adverse childhood experiences, you know, we haven't spoken about that, but that's something that we're it's always been there, but we're much more sophisticated in understanding that now in terms of how trauma as a child can affect young people and adults, to be fair. Um, but the difference is what I'm seeing now, not on the Isle of Wight, but what mm. I did see in, in, on the mainland in my last few years working there was that the same type of individual 10 years ago who I could sort of get employable um, and get them into some sort of an apprenticeship program and talk about the money they could earn if they proved that they were reliable for promotion. The same, the same young person now would, would probably go, well, look, you know, for £200 a week, I can go and sell 
class right. A drugs on my push bike and earn that in a couple of hours. And right. that's the difference right. over the last seven years that we, it's, it's escalated. So mm-hmm. It's always been it. You know, you mm-hmm. talk about child criminal exploitation, Fagan. Right, right. You know, child criminal exploitation has yeah. always been around. Yeah. But what we've seen over the, certainly in the last 10 years, but certainly in terms of the South Coast, I think the last seven years, is a massive increase in that, that organised that organized approach to expand mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. and use children and vulnerable adults as, the, uh, as commodities to, to do business, basically. So we've got to be careful. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I think we've, we've got a high level of vulnerability, I think, around young people about their learning and not in education. We've obviously, you know, we have got a, 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 a national mental health pandemic with young people at the moment um have we got the 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 resources and the financials on the island to counter that there's some great work being done by a range of voluntary sector and local authority um all i'm saying at the moment is that i I think we need to raise the game at this moment in time and the voluntary sector can play a part in that Mm -hmm. it can't be the answer Mm -hmm. um but you know i'm just conscious that i'm seeing an awful lot of young people not in education right do you know what the numbers are on that? I, I wouldn't like to comment, really, but it's all public knowledge. You can you can find okay. you can find the figures out in public knowledge. In well, term, something we should follow up on. In terms of comparables around, mm-hmm. you know, elected home education numbers for the island compared to Hampshire and, and, and I certainly know that's a lot higher. Yeah. But then I guess getting the difference between those people who are home educating and otherwise, then is, is the difficult thing to get to. Yeah, that's that's the problem, and to, yeah. to then. And then to delve into them trying to find out actually what their education is uh-huh. for yeah. hundreds of families yeah. is, is a difficult task yeah. because the legislation around that mm. is quite complex. Okay. Yeah. But it's not just elected home education. Electrical, yeah. Elected home education is, 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 is an asset for some families, so I'm not in any way, yeah. shape or form. But there's, a, there's other... You know, it, it, there's other means of young people not being in full-time education, and, and you know, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form putting the finger at education. Education and teachers have got a very, very difficult job. Some of the, if you listen to some of the debates at the moment, you know, I think the COVID, the COVID situation has affected young people. Mm-hmm. Certainly affected certain year groups. That's what we've been hearing from teachers. Yeah. yeah, but I think prior to, you know, if I would have started my job prior to COVID. Uh, I still think the island had some needs and some vulnerabilities that were comparable to some of the probably the most priority areas of the UK. Right. Um, so, you know, and this is the thing, you know, people, my colleagues that work with me, I've worked with colleagues 20 years and the layman's mm. uh, view of the Isle of Wight yeah, is, yeah. A, is, oh, it's a, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a lovely seaside place and uh-huh. everybody must be quite well off and everybody yeah. does sailing. And well, it's a tax haven. So the other yeah, one and so, so, so <laughs> I, I, I do <coughs> retort to my colleagues and say, actually, even though there's some brilliant work doing on the island and it's got massive assets, there is some vulnerabilities that are comparable to the city Right. that you work in that is probably you know probably key focus for government mm-hmm. um, the Isle of Wight has got vulnerabilities and, mm. and we need to do the utmost to to provide solutions and outcomes because you know not changing the way we work is going to result in, in, in serious issues and we've got an mm. ageing population anyway so mm. the fact of the matter is is, is if, if we don't uh, 
make our young people resilient, uh, confident, skilled, and uh, nurturing young people so they've got protective factors. Uh, if you know, we, we, we're going to have major issues in, in, the, in the years going forward. So that's 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 my um, that's my methodology. That's our methodology, um, and that's our approach. So well, it's, I mean, it sounds like you put all of this stuff is in place, and obviously it's a never-ending project. You're continuing to do. There's been more people coming along, other people that you've been dealing with that are moving on to other places as well, and that's what I guess is great about this coming Friday, not tomorrow but Friday week is going to be this celebration event of, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's going to be great for, the, for them, but also for the community to see yeah, what's been I going mean, on. I mean, that's the thing, really. That, you know, look, let's be putting on some, you know, a big group of young people. One of, the, one of the things young people sort of moaned about a little bit was, you know, it was a group of young people in a park area being a bit loud, but having fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, too many adults thinking that they're involved in any social behaviour and making some comments or giving them sort of unsavoury looks and you know I sympathise with young people yes there is some young people that are unfortunately getting involved in negative behaviours but but generally let's be brutally honest you know 9 out 9.9 out of young 10 young people are just young people mm. that we were um, and just getting on with things and having fun And but it's this connotation and I think that's one of the things that I hope the celebration event shows to the wider community that, that these young people are achieving, they're, they're a positive asset to our community and they're ambassadors and I think that's something that we need to, to, to sort of shout about a little bit more um, on mm. the island but, but locally as well. So is that people? Is it open to the public for people to come along? Next no, this, this, no, because the, we've got a capacity of 180. So um, wow, that's pretty big, and, and, and we're, we're we're close to that now. We're I guess there's people. parents and carers. Yeah, and, so we yeah. so we got the young people. So we've got young people that are coming to get awards. There's unfortunately some young people can't come on an evening because they've got other events and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, we've got young people that are participants, but actually have been regular participants, but actually have not moved on to the awards at the moment. Mm-hmm. So they can come along and sort of aspire to, right. to go forward. Parent carers, friends. Uh, we have got some other partner agencies that we've worked with. Bougin, for example, here we've run a, a teen zine, bezine oh, yeah. magazine project with, with Bougin um, um, and some of our funders as well. So, you know, Sport England, um, the Police Crime Commissioner, mm-hmm. Office the Police, um, arts organisations, um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix. So we have got the the presence of the deputy lord lieutenant and the high sheriff for the Isle of Wight, who's a great advocate of of young people per se, um, and and obviously a range of other uh, uh, people that we we value and, and work with on a regular uh, basis as well. So mm. yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, it's the first of you know as a project in terms of a community project. We are still in infancy. We're eighteen months. That is in terms of youth work. We are in infancy at the moment, mm. so um, and what we want to do really is just just celebrate, and then it might spark a bit of interest from other organisations or business. Right, and gets the word out to, to get involved in, and to get involved in a variety of ways, really, and, and that's what we and but most importantly to 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 promote and educate to wider young people that mm. might not already be involved and right. parents and, and carers because. You know, the Bay is a, is a close community 
and so the word to get around and people that might have thought about getting involved in an arts project or sports project or mm. a youth film will go actually you know someone's just come back and told us about it, or we've seen it or we've seen some press about it and so, come on let's get in let's get it's free that's mm. that's the big thing that we have right you right. know at a time when the, the, right. you know, everything the, is expensive when everything's expensive private clubs uh, you know and, and a lot of the club a lot of the private clubs are, are keeping their prices so low because a lot of it's delivered by volunteers but you still have to cover the legalities mm -hmm. and the hire of facilities you know the positive is here is here is everything we do is free so um, yeah um, it, it's free to young people um, but it is focused around those young people that are educated or live in the Bay Area, right. so Sandown Lake and Shanklin. Right. Unfortunately, I'll, not a day goes by when I don't get an inquiry from a parent care or professional from outside the area. I do signpost to the other agencies where there is provision in other areas of the islands, uh, a call youth provision or maybe clubs that are outwardly thinking, but we've got to be quite strict in terms mm -hmm. of our eligibility and criteria. Makes because, sense. Um, yeah, we're still small, very yeah. smallly funded project with us and still in the infancy fantastic thank you very much for your time it's been fascinating to hear about it thanks Simon. and yeah look forward to next friday thank you